destruction. He doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. Hallelujah. So as I go into this word, I just I just give God thanks. You can turn it down just a little bit, Brother Mark. I give God thanks. Amen. I thank God for these testimonies. Um, I, heard, I hope that this word on today is what somebody needs. Amen. I know a lot of people in here are full for different reasons. Amen. Whether they are, are grieving. Um, and I know that some of the wounds are fresh today. Amen. 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 But that's the thing about the God that we serve. Amen. That um, he's always on time. Yes. Amen. And nothing ever catches him by surprise. Amen. And he always has an answer for us, even when it hurts. Amen. He always has an answer for us. And so we've been in this sermon, we've been in this series rather um, called Family Matters. Amen. And I just thank God for this church. I, give, I, I thank God for my wife, for my kids. I thank God for each and every one of you, amen, because it feels like family in here. When we come in here, it feels like family, amen. And I just thank God that we have a place where you can come up and say that it ain't all right. And somebody start crying with you. They start sympathizing and empathizing with you, amen. And that's what that's what family does. And so God has had us in the book of Matthew, and that's where I'm going to be again this Sunday, amen. And he's given me the title, Roadblocks. And I already know that this sermon going to step on somebody's toes, amen, but sometimes you need your toes stepped on so that you can move from where you're at. Now, if you're crazy enough to keep your toes in the same spot, then something is wrong with you. Amen. So I, I hope that this word, I hope that this word blesses you and gives you what you need. And so um, you can you can remain seated as I go into it. I'm in Matthew, the third chapter. And the word says, this is Matthew chapter three, verse one. It says, at that time, John the Baptist came to the desert of Judea and started preaching. He said, turn away from your sins, he said, because the kingdom of heaven is near. John was the man the prophet Isaiah was talking about when he said, someone is shouting in the desert, prepare a road for the Lord. Make a straight path for him to travel. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. People came to him from Jerusalem, from the whole province of Judea, and from all over the country near the Jordan River. They confessed their sins, and he baptized them in the Jordan. And so I I, want to present to y'all, I don't know if there's a question or a statement, but In a world full of clutter and confusion, how can we find the truth? How can we find the truth? And so we have John the Baptist simply standing in the middle of a desert road saying, repent. Because God is on the way. And so I want to tell you today, don't focus on other people. Don't focus on the things that have been done to you. But what do you need to do? What do you need to do? To address the things in your own heart before Jesus comes. And so the thought that God has given me with this sermon is too many times we clutter the road to our heart and to our promises with things that don't belong there. God is on the road. He he like, I'm trying to get to you. He like, I'm trying to get to you. I'm trying to get where you are. He say, I walk to the middle of the desert to find you. I'm trying to get where you are. And we turn around and put up roadblocks. That stop him from getting there. 
And so when I when I read those scriptures and I look at John's appearance and it talks about how he wore camel's hair and a leather belt and he eating locusts and honey, his appearance shows that John had set aside all the material things. Right, he had set aside all the material things. He says, none of that stuff matter. I just want to stand on this road and I want to make Jesus known and I want to make him known by giving people the answer. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the thing is, the further we go down the wrong road, the more lost we become. Last Sunday, God talked to us about detours. And we talked about man-made detours versus self-made detours. And the thing about a, a God-made a God-made detour, God is trying to take you somewhere. And he might say, I need you to turn left or right in order to protect you. But when you go on a man-made or a self-made detour, the further you go down the wrong road, the more lost you become. And so the word repent means to turn. If you're walking down the wrong road today, then repent, turn, and go back the right way so God can get you on track again. Right. The thing is that people aren't lost because there aren't directions. We lost because we won't turn or follow them. God will find you. Right. I, I was reading this and I'm like, God, well, why would you send him to a desert? Right. Why would you send? Why would you tell John to go all the way out to the desert and then make the people come out to him? Because that's where God finds people like when you have a need. God was sent to save the lost. And too many times we sit in our house not thinking we lost. But when you realize you lost, you're going to go looking to, you're going to go looking to like find what you need. So if that carries you to a place where you all alone and it seems like ain't nothing there, that's where you're going to find Jesus. Outside of your comfort zone. Outside of your comfort zone. And so Romans 10, 9 through 11 tells us, that if we shall confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So too many times we're sitting around and we're saying, I believe in God. I know God real. But we leave out the first part of that scripture. We don't confess it with our mouth. And it's important that we confess it with our mouth. And notice what you got to confess, that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's important. Because that means that you you are confessing that this is not, no, you're not just using the name Jesus in a random way. A lot of people say, oh my God. Or a lot of people say, you know, they are used to name Jesus, but they don't, it has no meaning in it. The God that I'm talking about can raise people from the dead, that he is alive. He died and came back to life. He's different. I'm just not using, like he's just some regular old joke. You got to confess you got to confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, that this is no ordinary man. The word says in that 10th verse, for with the heart man believe unto righteousness, right? And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you really believe it in your heart, what's in your heart going to come out your mouth? It says, for the scripture saith, Whoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. And that's why I'm so thankful that, you know, as well as those testimonies are going forth, it's powerful when you say, I'm not all right, but I need God, right? You are making an open declaration that I need you and that if you don't do it, it can't be done. 
And see, that's the problem with some of us. We think that it can be done without God. It can't. It can't. You just pretending you 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 lie to yourself. You lying to yourself. You can't do it by yourself. You can't make it all right. You can't drink it away. You can't smoke it away. You can't sex it away. You can't lie it away. You can't shop it away. You can't. You can't eat it away. I don't care what your sin is. Sin is sin. And none of that is going to make you feel better. You just on the road. You on the right road to hell. But the Bible says that it's a narrow way. It's a narrow way. And only those that go through Jesus are going to find it. So I have learned, y'all, I have learned that it is scary to confess. It's scary to stand up here and do what they just did. Even if you don't do it in front of a church, sometimes it's just scary to confess to your friends. Sometimes it's just scary to confess to your spouse because there's so much uncertainty in it. But that uncertainty, that's cardinal speaking. And if you don't know what that means, is, that's worldly thinking. Confession is where God meets us right in the middle of our mess. The world will have you think, don't you tell that. Don't you tell that they're going to make fun of you. Don't you tell that they're going to think you jacked up. But the reality is we all jacked up. So what you hiding for? What you hiding for? Them things that you ashamed of, they got you in chains. They got you shackled up. And God say, I came to make you make you free. John standing in the middle of the desert saying, confess, repent, turn. Romans 8, 5 through 8 tells us that those who live as their human nature tells them have their mind controlled by what their nature wants. Right? That's that cardinal thinking. Those who live as the spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the spirit wants. You don't care about what the world thinks no more. God, what do you want? Because at the end of the day, you're the only person that can save me. You're the only person. Your friends ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in. The Bible tells us, don't be afraid of those that can destroy the body. Be afraid of the man that can destroy your soul. To be controlled by human nature results in death. Y'all keep on holding on, holding on all them secrets. To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the spirit results in life and peace. And so people become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human nature. Every time you try to pretend like you don't need them, you're saying, God, you a liar. You don't, you're not who you say you are. I'm in control. You, you calling God a liar to his face. He say, and it says they become enemies of God when they are controlled by their nature, for they do not obey God's law. And in fact, they cannot obey it. Those who obey their human nature cannot. Cannot please God. James 5 and 16 tells us to confess our faults one to another and pray for one another. If you walking around pretending ain't like nothing wrong, how somebody supposed to pray for you? Amen. In spirit and in truth. They don't really know what you need. They don't really know what you need. Your brother, sister, they don't really know what you need. And then you have then we had a nerve and turn around and get mad at people because we think they don't care about us. It says, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The Bible tells us, right, right, it tells us. To, to, to grieve, to mourn, so that we can be comfort, so that we can be blessed. 
The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Sometimes if you just open up your mouth and confess and the right person pray for you, and the right person pray for you, won't he turn it around? Thank you, Lord. 1 John 1, 6 through 10 tells us, I should have told y'all to get y'all notebook read. I ain't know I had all these scriptures in here. 1 John 1, 6 through 10 tells us, if we say that we have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we lie and do not tell the truth. Stop walking around talking about you, you believe in God, but then you walking in darkness. You lying. You ain't telling the truth. But if we walk in the light, and he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. When you tell the truth, when you confess, it allows you to walk with people in a different way. Because now they know, like, you, you know, I told somebody this week, she was saying how she don't like to cry. And, and um, she's the strong, she's the older lady, she's the strong one in her family. And her family doesn't see her crying. Her daughter doesn't see her crying. And I said, well, they should see you cry. Your daughter should see you cry sometime. She, she walking around thinking that mama don't hurt. So she thinking she got to be the same way. Right. But when you are honest with it, it allows people to walk with you in a different way because they feel like you human. If I stood up here and preached to y'all all the time and pretended like I don't ever hurt or I don't or if I stand up here and preach and I don't ever cry and start snotting and slobbing. Y'all going to say, well, pastor, he don't get it. He don't get it. Right. We start calling people like that holier than now. And that's the main reason that people don't like church folks, right? Because they pretend like they always been right here. Like, I always been good with Jesus. Like, they ain't got nothing wrong with them. But being honest in confession allows you to walk with one another in a way that you can't do when you're lying and pretending. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us. God say how I'm going to clean you up. If you pretending you ain't dirty. Dirty people take baths. Dirty people take baths. I know some folks in here. They say yo it's Sunday. I ain't did nothing. I ain't taking no shower tonight. They think they clean. So they ain't ain't did nothing. So they ain't got to take no bath today. Right? Hallelujah. He's faithful to clean us up. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The only people going to hell are the ones who have truly said in their heart, there is no God. And that's not, I'm not talking about people that just like, you know, you randomly talking to somebody and they say they don't believe in God. I'm not talking about them people. God can still save them people. I'm talking about the ones who have made a conscious decision that there is no God and I'm going to live the way I want to live. Right? It's a life affirmation. They double down. They double down on their sins. We all go through periods of doubt where we say, oh, God, are you really there? Are you really real? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you know, like, I'm going I know this wrong and I'm gonna do this and I don't care. It don't even bother you no more. You don't even have no conscious or feeling about the things that you're doing. Those are the people that's going to hell. And the reason I say that is because God is constantly trying to come down that road and get you. And those people are the ones constantly putting up roadblocks. Saying, uh-uh, I don't, I don't want you. I want to keep going down this way. Right? They be like, oh, oh, that's a sin bet. I'm going to do it anyway. Forget God. So I, I, I want to return in Matthew 3, 7 through 12 tells us, it says that when John saw these Pharisees, 
and these Sadducees. So John out there in the middle of the desert, he baptizing. He see these Pharisees and these Sadducees come up to him to be baptized. And he said, you snakes, who told you that you could escape from the punishment of, that God is about to send? Right? So, so what he's saying is, it's some people out there who have heard the name Jesus and they think if I just go to church, then I'm going to escape God punishment. All I got to do is just step in the door and pretend a little bit. John standing out there saying, oh, y'all, y'all thought y'all were just going to come out here and get dipped in this water. He said, but I know who you are. He turns to them and says, he says, do those things. Do those things that you have turned from your sins. He said, he basically tells them to turn. He says, don't just think you can escape punishment that's saying that Abraham is your ancestor. He says, I tell you that God can take these rocks. God can take rocks and, and, and use the name Jesus. He's looking for somebody that want to be a living sacrifice. He wants somebody to dedicate their life to living for him. And I want y'all to stop thinking about what you got to give up to live for Jesus and think about what there is to gain. Because yeah. I guarantee you, after you get all the stuff that you want, it's still not going to be enough. It's still not going to be enough. He says the axe is ready to cut down. Trees at the root. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. John say, I baptize you with water to show that you have repented. But the one who will come after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It's one thing to get dipped in the water, but it's another thing when his spirit follows. How many of y'all know somebody that got dipped in the water and they still ain't living right? <laughs> Holy Spirit won't let you live wrong. He won't. He won't. It's, it's like an alarm. It's like an alarm go off in your brain. And even when you make a mistake, Holy Spirit going to make you go back and say, you know what? I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. He won't let you live wrong. I've seen a lot of people get in the water and still live wrong and don't go back and make it right. Matter of fact, a lot of times they make it worse. Holy Spirit won't let you. Right? John said he is much greater than I. John say, I'm just out here, and that's how I be feeling. I'm just, I'm just out here doing what he called me to do. But the person that I'm preaching about, I can only do so much for you as pastor. I appreciate the respect that some of y'all give me, but I'm still just a man at the end of the day. I'm still just a man, but the person that I am preaching about, nobody can do what he does. Right? John say, I'm not even good to carry this man's sandals. He has his winnowing shovel with him. To thresh out all the grain. He would gather his wheat into his barn, but he would burn the shaft in the fire that never goes out. And so I want to close with this. I'm going to try to read it and just, and, and I'm going to try to read it and be done. This is Romans 1 21 through 32. And these, this is what I'm talking about people that put up roadblocks when Jesus is trying to get to you. He's trying to get to you. He's out. He's calling. He's standing. I want y'all to imagine Jesus standing in the middle of your neighborhood all times of night screaming. Or not Jesus, but John is standing in the middle of your street screaming, repent. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. How long is it going to take for you to call the police and say, this man, this crazy man out here keep yelling and I'm trying to go to sleep. Right? You're going to start. You're going to try everything in the book to try to get him to go away. And that's what I'm talking about, putting up a roadblock. When we begin to put up things to keep Jesus out of those places where we don't want him to go. This is Romans 1, 21 through 32. 
It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was dark. They knew God was real. But they said, I'm not going to treat you like God. Y'all know he real. Y'all know it got to be something bigger than you. So stop treating him like he not real. Stop being unthankful, right? The word says they became vain in their imaginations. That means they began to think, oh, it's all right. It's going to be okay. Their foolish heart was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise. They became fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man into birds and the four-footed beasts and creeping things. That means we take this, 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 this powerful God and we reduce him to a holy ATM and think that when we pray to him, we're just going to get what we want and everything's going to be all right. We start worshiping the things that he created more than him, right? So the word says in the 21st, 24th verse, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through their lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. You keep going down the wrong road, you're going to find yourself in a neighborhood that you don't want to be in. Right? That's what they did. They just kept going down and, and, and God like, all this, he got the street lights out there, he got the stop sign, he got all these things saying, don't go down that road and we keep walking. And the next thing you know, ain't no more street lights, ain't no more stop signs, right? The police don't come to that neighborhood, the pizza man don't come out there, Right? <laughs> You out there all alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then you just begin to change. You you know, when you get in darkness, at a certain point, you don't even realize it's dark no more. Right? For this cause, God gave them up to their vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lust towards one another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of error which was meet. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And y'all, this, this, I, I know y'all like, quit Pastor Reed. This 28th verse, y'all, hit me so hard because literally this week, y'all, I, I had a situation where I heard something about somebody and I was like, for real, God? Like, for real? They did that? After all you've done, after all the work? And before I heard the news, I I I I I had a I had a I basically I felt the spirit say, son, you did all that you could do. See y'all, y'all, some of y'all don't understand the, the, the weight. Of being a pastor. So I heard it like when you hear the Holy Spirit say, take your hands off of it. It's done. That's scary for people. The, and literally the Holy Spirit said, don't let, don't let him get you emotionally tied into his mess. Because to do what he did, you like, how? How can you do that and not care? Yeah. 
The word says people with this reprobate mind. That's what I'm saying when I when I was back, when I was like, the only people going to hell are those who have truly said in their heart there is no God. That's that reprobate mind. They do things that are not convenient. They are filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, ma- maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient, inventors of evil things. That's some people who go out their way to do something wrong. Like, I ain't even ask you for that lie. Yeah. Right? I'm, not, like, I ain't, I'm not even talking to you. I'm sitting over here minding my business and you offering up this lie? You just made that. I wasn't even talking to you. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural if, if, uh, affection, unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God, you know what's getting ready to happen to you. Right. They which commit such things are worthy of death. This in the word now, I ain't making this up. God said they're worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. It's not that he don't want it. I told you, I read, I read Second Peter to y'all. He patient now. He patient with us. And the reason the way the reason Second Peter say that he's patient is because he don't want you to perish. But when 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 something happened to us, cause we doing wrong, then we turn around and get mad at God. Like how how you a loving God and you let this? No, that ain't how that works. And so I want to end. I want to tell y'all that all of us we need to find a place. We need to find a place to confess today. Right, and I, I y- y'all don't know how many times I end up ministering to people, and I say, "Well, you talk to your pastor," and they be like, "I don't really talk to my pastor like that." I'm like, "Why you go to church?" <laughs> you know how many people feel like they don't have nowhere to go. You got to find a place, and until you can find a place, right? Until you can until you can find a place that you trust to confess with your mouth, at least confess with your heart, at least go in your closet, at least go in your room and say, God, I need you to help me today. Until you can until you can find a place where you can confess with your mouth so that you can hear somebody to walk with you. Because God built us to be in community, y'all. He he yeah, he ain't built us all them folks talking about they, they can just stay at home and watch Michael Todd. I ain't got nothing against Michael Todd. I'm just saying. Y'all think y'all just stay at home, but I bet you ain't got his phone number to call him. When you need a prayer, when you need prayer, you can't pick up the phone and, and it ain't he don't put his number on YouTube. You gotta find somewhere you can confess with your with your mouth. So find a place or someone you trust to confess today. And I want y'all to make a declaration, a declaration that I'm gonna remove all my roadblocks. I'm going to remove all the things that's stopping Jesus from getting to me. I know that's a lot, ain't it? That's a lot of words. I'm going to remove all of them things that's stopping Jesus from getting to me. Right? Right? Hallelujah. We got to do better, y'all. He's not out to get us. He's not out to get us. He want us to be all right. He want us to be all right. And he still, God, I, I thank God for his word. He still got people that's, that's standing, right? I'm, I'm watching the news. I'm seeing all these so-called Christians fall. 
And I'm not saying God threw with him, but I'm just, he still got, he still got some servants that had not bowed their knee. He still got some of them out there. He still got some that, that, that ain't, that ain't going to, that, that's not going to back down. And they still out there crying. And, and if they, if they worth anything, the message is simple. It's just like what John said. Repent, y'all. Turn. Turn. The kingdom of God is at hand. I guarantee you somebody die every day. Somebody somewhere die every day. And they're going to wake up and it's going to be their turn to go into judgment. And I'm not saying that the, I, I like, I, it's, it's like, it's like 50, 50. I ain't scaring it to scare. I'm not saying it to scare you, but I am saying it to scare you. Right. It, it's a balance. Cause God give warnings before the storm. That's love. When you want somebody to tell you, like, don't go over there, you're gonna get shot. That's love. Now I'm not telling you that to scare you that like you're gonna get, I'm telling you that to let you so you can be okay. Somebody go, somebody gonna get out of here today. I already have. Before you got out the bed, I guarantee you somebody in this world passed away. And they're gonna open their eyes and it's gonna be judged. That's why John said, I ain't got time for the clothes. I ain't worried about none of that. I didn't want to stand out here and let y'all know. Repent. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand for his word. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Hallelujah.